It's your favorite time of day. Happy hour with Kay. On today's episode, we'll be talking about what happens when you're ready to go on that first date with the person you met online. I really hope you enjoyed the first episode as much as I did. I'm so excited about this second episode, mostly because I'm looking forward to playing our new Zodiac game. I'll explain more once we get to that segment. But before we get going with the show, there are specific needs to be met. You guessed it, time for drinks. It's my favorite part of the whole show. If you haven't learned that about me, I like me a little drinky here and there. I mean, the title has happy hour in it for a reason. And since we're gonna get real in today's episode, I thought it was time to pull out a classic happy hour standard, the legendary Cosmopolitan. Now, that consists of one and a half ounce citrus vodka, one ounce Contro, half ounce of fresh lime juice, a dash of cranberry juice. Now we're shaking it and we're pouring it and we're drinking it. I'll just start off by having some right now. Oh, so good. So let me tell you about what I did last night, right? And no, it's not that, you guys. Calm down. So last night, I was watching this random movie called Bull, starring the actor from Stranger Things. His name is uh, Rob Morgan. Now, I'd say that I'm an adventurous person, but the whole time I'm watching this movie, all I can think of was, These guys cannot go into work drunk. Well, let me tell you, the main character proved that theory to be wrong, okay? Because he has done bull riding for so long that apparently he could anticipate the bull's next move. It was an okay movie. Wouldn't watch it again, but I bought it on iTunes, so I figured I might as well watch it. So, you know, the previews were really, really good. And, you know, I may have had like a couple of drinks or whatever. It's always fun to do your internet shopping when you've had a few nightly beverages. <laughs> so also, I'm not sure if you guys have, you know, been reading up on just random news or current events, but do you realize that Jeff Bezos is to be the world's first trillionaire? I mean, if you listened to the last episode, I spoke about gazillionaire, and I feel like all of these heirs <laughs> is like gazillion, trillion. It's a lot of zeros. Is there even such thing as a gazillionaire? I mean, Jeff Bezos is definitely gonna prove that theory to be right if we get there. All I know is it's a lot of zeros and Jeff Bezos is my, you know, he's my man. There's another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about as well. So Facebook has this new Zoom feature and it's called Room. Have you guys checked that out? Also, they've been doing this avatar thing on Facebook also. 
And let me tell you, I'm so over these damn avatars, okay? Because I always try to do my own and then it never comes out looking like everyone else's. I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be unique to you, but my avatar never looks like me. And every time I see other people's avatar, it's like, oh, that looks so much like you. Just look like me, damn it. That's all I want. (laughs) Jeez. Or how about the TikTok teen that slammed Poshmark for not giving her a refund when she sold a Chanel handbag? And then the buyer complained saying that it had a scratch. I mean, seriously, a little scratch from these online sites that, you know, resells used items. I mean, yeah, it's going to have a scratch. She's lucky that this poor girl decided to sell her a little bag. But in any event, so the buyer complained, right? And now she pretty much doesn't get a refund. And so she went on to TikTok because she, you know, got a lot of views. And then Poshmark had to send her money back. Before all that happened, the buyer pretty much sent the seller a box just with a roll of tape. Seriously, like a roll of tape for a Chanel bag? Even if it's a used Chanel bag with a scratch? I definitely have to go on and look this up so I can see how big that scratch is. (laughs) So let's get into the main topics of the day, which is going on your date and who's going to pay for dinner? I know it's not going to be me. Okay, let's talk about when you finally meet someone worth giving a shot after swiping left for a few days. I mean, a girl got to have standards after all. Side note, I've been out of the game for some time now. Yes, yes, he put a ring on it. Well, first it was a ring doorbell, (laughs) only to see if he can trust my ass. And then I got a nice rock for being a good girl. And you know what, guys? You guessed it. I met him the old-fashioned way. www.onlinedating, y'all. So let's just be real. I get it. But anyway, on a randomly important note, did you know that someone can just Google your number and find out practically everything about you? Like where you live and your name? Where before you even meet? Now, I'm no stranger to just giving a random my phone number. I utilize the block button heavy. But throughout the years... I've based all my decisions on vibes, even with work. I mean, it's about happiness at the end of the day, am I right? A girl need money to survive after all. But here, come, get closer. Let me share you a little secret. Let me, let me tell you a little secret. I'll tell you about the time I thought all I needed to survive was love. <laughs> Don't judge. I watch a lot of fairy tales growing up. 
But this digital dating world can be crazy. Whether you're on Bumble or Tinder, there's this new one that I've been seeing hinged and grinder or seeking arrangements. We don't judge here. Get that coin. But let's go back to the point of finally meeting someone you actually like on one of these little dating apps. Now it's time for your first date and you decide you're really into this person, not just a tall soy latte into this person. No, this is more of a sirloin boarding a filet kind of situation. You know what I mean? Here's where I start planning out my future with this person like, oh, he's so handsome. We'll look cute doing stuff. I can see changing my social media status to in a relationship. But back to going on your first date, because here comes the dinner plans. Like, who's going to pay for dinner? So let me hit you with some Fun facts here. Did you know a whopping 67% of male and female respondents said that men should pay for dinner? With 28% saying that it should be split evenly and 12% saying to pay for what you eat. Now, you all know me in math. I'm just not into all of that. So you're saying pay for what I eat. Does that mean like, oh, I'm paying for like I ate half the meal, so I'm going to pay half price (laughs) or like, hey, let's go Dutch. Like, I don't know what Dutch is. Maybe like a Dutch man, (laughs) you know, but what's going Dutch? I don't know. Just get me another drink. Dutch? What? Dutch? I don't know. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Where's my drink? Okay. And then you have these folks. Listen to this one. Then you have a meager 0.8% thought that women should pay for dinner. I mean, I guess if these 0.8%ers are going on dates, hey, you all should pay because... Me, on the other hand, if anyone asks me out to dinner, a movie, whatever, I will be expecting you to pay. No negotiations. I mean, thank goodness it's one area in my dating life that was never a guess. Like, almost all of the men that I went out with, they pretty much paid for dinner, movie, wherever we were going. It was just an unspoken thing. And, oh, you heard that I said almost most of them. I mean, you got to keep it PC. I'd say all, but you guys won't believe me. You'll, like, think I'm out here in these streets throwing it back for dinners and stuff. I mean, I double dog dare someone that, you know, is romantically interested in me to say separate checks, please especially at the beginning of the date. I will end that damn date so fast. His head would spin. I mean, and if I'm feeling, you know, especially snarky about the situation, I just start talking about like nice wedding gowns or 
you know, I need a date for my best friend's wedding. See what I did there? I referenced a movie. And, (laughs) you know, just pull out whatever tactic I can for these guys that literally just take you out on dates and, you know, expect to be like, oh, well, come back to my place, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, don't, don't be afraid. It's love. Pay for my dinner. Get me a drink. Where's my drink? Actually, speaking of which, where is my drink? (laughs) Hold on. I need a drink right here. Okay. Now, I wonder how awkward it would be for the server not knowing who, you know, like who to hand the check over to. That's just something I personally don't think, you know, I can handle just like, okay, these two are obviously on their first date. Who do I give the check to? Girl, just just give it to him because I'm going to the bathroom. I gotta powder my nails or something. <laughs> Here's actually another statistic for you or some some stats. Did you know that one third of Gen Zers date based on compatibility? And this goes back to what I said. I always do these compatibility tests just because, you know, all that stuff. I, like, I want to know. And then 75% of millennials know their sign and believe some, if not all of their personality is related to their zodiac sign. Now, compatibility tests for me personally is where I start off all my relationships, just because it's fun to know like how our personalities are going to mesh together and all that jazz. And I mean, based on me just wanting things my way, even if the compatibility test says not a good match, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm still going out on that date. Red is my favorite color after all. So I'm always running right up to all those red flags. Bring them over here. Bring your red, bring your red flag. I'll take yours. Get, just give them all to me, okay? Because I'll just decorate my nice house with them. But uh, that leads us into our fun game. And it is called, What, what Would the Zodiac Sign Say? Okay, so here's the first example. I forgot the wine you wanted at the store. Should I go back, even though it's late? Scorpio comes in. Being deeply emotional and sensitive. Poor water sign. Oh, and a bit resentful at times. (laughs) Here's your response. (sighs) No, but in their head. They're already thinking of how they're going to forget your dinner order. Example two. Here's another one. My ex texted me today. Super weird, but she's doing well. Here comes tourist putting their hair up. Little ponytail, little man bun, ready to fight. Oh, what's the address? I just want to say hi. (laughs) No, you don't. Crazy. (laughs) Like, give me the scrunchie. Sit down. Okay, 
Here's number three. Baby, I ate your ice cream. Are you mad at me? Here comes Gemini. It's completely okay. But in their head, they're saying, this fucker ate my ice cream. I hope you get diarrhea. (laughs) They're (laughs) two-faced. Allegedly. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to some fashion trends or just some fashion news, whatevs. Let's discuss Andre Leon Talley's new book, The Chiffon Trenches. It's stirring up quite some drama with his longtime BFF, Anna Wintour. His book focuses on his journey through the white gaze. That's white G-A-Z-E, not G-A-Y-S. So it focuses on the white gaze in the fashion industry. And one thing I can speak on from working during countless fashion weeks in New York, the white gaze, as he calls it, isn't prevalent as, say, I mean, back in like the late 80s and 90s. Allegedly, Anna Wintour dropped him as a friend and an editor because he was too old, overweight, and uncool for her. I mean, listen, it's fashion number one. Number two, you have to be adaptable to anything that you do, really. So if you start off one way in any industry, I would assume that you would, you know, kind of evolve as a person spiritually or physically. And you're never too important or you're never, quote unquote, that bitch to just say, okay, well, I'm here. I made it. Because at the end of the day in fashion, hon, either you're in or you're out, according to Heidi Klum. But for him, basically, you ripped your supposed BFF apart in a book and then describe it as a love letter? Well, if that's not petty behavior, I'm going to change the name of this podcast to Boo Boo the Fool because shady girls do shady things. At least he gave her the opportunity to remove parts about, you know, her family, which also proves my point that this book is exactly what I said it is. Messy behavior, Andre. Speaking of Wintour, she has called for the fashion industry to rethink their values as Corona is slowing down the pace and canceling shows has allowed for people to celebrate the art of fashion. She also mentioned sustainability and how the fashion industry has changed. Like I mentioned, she is pretty much, she's a staple in fashion, number one, but number two, she has adapted to just being this image of, you know, the person that's at the helm of the fashion industry. She's the one that made a switch from putting models on the cover of Vogue magazine to having entertainers and, you know, actors on the cover. 
And that was something unheard of because before that, it was only models on the cover of Vogue magazine. So she knows her stuff and it's about adapting to change because like I said, in fashion, one day you're in, one day you're out. And if you can't adapt, then sayonara. Oh, as Heidi Klum says, afuera zen. <laughs> okay. Have you all heard that a pair of uh, Michael Jordan shoes from 1985 sold for over $150,000? Now that amount of zeros I know because that's just, you know, little, it's like three zeros and and that. But uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, I'm not a big sports person, but I totes secretly want to watch his documentary, The Last Dance, because it's culturally relevant. And I have memories of when my brothers watched those NBA games back in uh in the 2000s. <laughs> Don't try to calculate my age. That much I know how to calculate. I mean, it's like you carry it. And there you go, 21. I'm 21. <laughs> and also on uh, the British Vogue cover is uh, Dame Judi Dench, who has become the oldest cover star for the magazine at the age of 85. Now, I love me some Judy Dench because she's a she's like the grandma that um, will invite you over for some tea and crumpets and tell you all about her days running around doing this and doing that and the boys and all that jazz. I found that really uh, inspiring, actually. So the last time we spoke about meditation. I just want to kind of circle back to, you know, following up with the first podcast because it was short and sweet. And I wanted to give you guys just a glimpse into the extravagant happy hour convos we'll be having. And so did you guys try the meditation? I mean, (laughs) I didn't, but I'm just really interested in hearing your experience. And if you've meditated before, just, you know, let me know your secrets on how you decided, oh, today's the day to meditate. Like, do you just wake up and directly go into meditation mode? Because when I wake up, I'm like, okay, where's the mimosas? I need to, you know, prepare myself, get my blood pumping. It's vitamin C time. Stay healthy. All that jazz. But uh, yeah, just let me know how your meditation journey started and when you decide to go about just meditating, because I am going to try that pretty soon. I don't know if it's going to be before or after the mimosas, but I know it's probably going to be in between. (laughs) Okay, and don't forget the most important person to look after is you, queen, or, you know, whatever that may be. So until next time, I'll talk to you on Happy Hour with Hey!